Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly podcast where we explore the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with a mind's eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So it's February. Hello, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) February. So we've got lots to talk about this month. But before we get into the astro for February, last month, January, was so impactful, so intense. I thought maybe we should take a moment and cosmically debrief a bit. Of course, what we had going on was Saturn and Pluto squaring Capricorn and then not square, conjunction, conjunction conjunction. Saturn-Pluto conjunct in Capricorn and, of course, the lunar eclipse in Cancer opposite the whole shebang. So do you want to start off? I mean, how was it for you? It was pretty intense, but I feel like it's something that I had my eye on for the last handful of months, notably because my book manuscript was due just days after. Congratulations. So I, I had felt for the last handful of months that my book manuscript was somehow connected to those invitations mm-hmm. of that planetary alignment. And my experience of that from a Saturn-Pluto perspective is it really had me dig deep to realize like what I had the capacity for, Mm. you know, and I got very, you know, upfront and personal with my stories and my narratives and my shadow stuff, you know, which was very much about like, I can't do this. Like, how can I do, you know, how can I do this? How can I do this in this time frame? Like all of those sort of stories that, you know, come, you know, about empowerment. I don't have the creative power. I don't have the creative wherewithal, what have you. And then it was interesting because the Saturn part of it was because Saturn rules time. I realized, and you and I have talked about this before, like I actually didn't have time to (laughs) wallow in my, excuse my language, my own bullshit, Uh you know, and that it actually then had me see that that bullshit of my stories of like, well, me, like what kind of capacity do I have was actually a facade, right? Mm. And Saturn Pluto is also ripping down the facades. Yes. So... It was pretty, like, it felt very like a match in terms of that was a lot of the lessons for me in terms of, like, my inner resourcefulness, what my capacity is, that ability to, like, really dig deep and to dedicate myself Mm, as if, like, giving my whole life to something Mm. and then creating something from nothing, which feels very Pluto and transformative. So, um, yeah, it was intense and powerful and really great. And you're done. And I am done. (laughs) At least, well... Done with this piece. I'm done with my manuscript. It's at the publisher now. And then, but yeah. Well, and I think for our audience, we should let them know what your book is because it's a book all about dreaming. What's the name of it? It's called The Complete Book of Dreams. Yeah. And it will be out in September. Oh, that's so exciting. Super exciting. What a great way of making use of that transit. Yeah. And like you, it was intense for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, I, I was thinking about this a little bit today because, you know, hindsight, now that we're past it, we've had some time to, re, you know, regroup, hence the debriefing. Um, 
it's interesting to look back. Now, I have a stellium in Libra. I have a bunch of planets in Libra, all between like 20 and 29 degrees. So the conjunction squared, that's where that square comes in, all of my Libra stuff, mm. my north and south node, my Venus and my sun. And I have to say, I really feel like it broke me apart in a lot of ways, mm. especially around Venus, the sun on the north node, which is like that destiny energy. And it wasn't easy. But in hindsight, I really feel like I got clear about a lot of things. Some things went away, not happily, but they needed to go away. And what really came out of it for me was who am I really essentially? Like, who's the authentic me? And because it, I got so vulnerable, you know what I mean? And my Pisces moon started to kick in, you know, that Pisces moon is very wah, wah, kind of the victim, like, why is all this happening to me? But as I started to get clear and really started to work with it, I really took a look at what am I doing to create what's happening? Instead of looking at why is all this yeah. stuff coming at me and happening to me? What was I doing? What was my perspective in creating it all? So it was it was definitely challenging on many levels. But again, now that I'm out of it, I feel newly empowered. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like I'm embracing some of my vulnerability in new ways. Like it's okay to not know everything. It's okay to be vulnerable. So, yeah, yeah. And I've heard, I'm sure like you, um, from so many clients and people, like if they didn't know what was going on, they were asking, like, is something going on right now? Because I think it was challenging for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the key, you know, one of the keys, I should say, you know, as I'm listening to you is that notion, too. I think a lot of us were called to, like, take responsibility. Yes, yes. You know, which can, which seems really lovely on paper, but it can be fraught with, mm -hmm. like, lots of deep emotions when mm -hmm. we're doing it. But to take responsibility, to take stock, right, and to really dig in and see, like, authentically, who are we? What do we value? Mm -hmm. What is of import? And how do we want to live our lives? Which, again, is one of those things that sounds lovely on paper, but the sort of cat between like figuring that out and where we're at and seeing the differential of like what is in my life that's keeping me from that mm -hmm. you know how did that thing get there and I need to surrender it and let go of it can be challenging and difficult but yet allows us to live in a much more aligned way absolutely and I think anytime when you've got Pluto that shadow work that deep deep soul work with the Saturnine energies it's going to bring stuff up yeah but I don't think we were lying last month when we were talking about, hey, guys, we have this intense thing happening. And so, and, you know, shoot us an email at sodivine.com and share your experiences us. with us, right? Sodivine.us. Oh, sodivine.us. Us. Yes, us. 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 And Thank it's interesting, much. too, I think that we should all think about, like, what were those things that we've gone through the last handful of months, especially because a lot of that will get... Um, rebroadcast or expanded mm -hmm. all year because yeah and jupiter and pluto hang out in that that zone so um meanwhile, yeah. i love doing the cosmic debrief and i'm excited that <laughs> this is something that we're going to weave into these conversations yes absolutely Moving absolutely so, so let's talk let's move forward now, now looking forward yes with a whole new perspective let's talk a little bit about february and the astrology and 
I think that uh, Venus, our friend the planet Venus, uh, is a star player this month. She's got a lot going on. So let's start by talking about what's happening with Venus. And I think what's really notable to start with that is that on February 10th, we have the Venus-Chiron conjunction in Aries, right? So talk a little bit about that. So Venus, as we've shared, Venus is what you love and what you value, what is rich to you, what has worth, what it, how you defined your assets. It's traditionally thought to be the planet of relationship and beauty. It relates to money and pleasure. Chiron is a, the wounded healer, mm-hmm. right? So it represents... W- many things, including like where we have those wounds, where we have those sorrows, where those ouch spots are for us. But it compels us, it pulls us to see them, to own them, and then also to transform them in a way in terms of standing in those to be of service to others, Mm -hmm. right? Because the wounded healer, right? It's like, it's also that um, notion that like where the poison is the medicine. Yes. Right. So where I might have had sorrow through my life, that thing that I really deeply know, I can then stand for you mm-hmm. should you have a similar sorrow or similar experience in a way that somebody else who just maybe intellectually knows of that sphere cannot. Right. So Venus and Chiron together, and interestingly enough, just four days before Valentine's Day, <laughs> um, you know, I think that we are all being then asked to look to our wounds, our wounds around love. Yes. Our wounds around, like, why we don't value ourselves as much as we should, you know, Um our wounds also around maybe our ability to like make money. Yeah. You know, yeah. where we, a lot of us have stories or these narratives. I like to think of Chiron also as like the sort of the story that you made up when you were like in third grade, when like something <laughs> happened to you and you, you keep on keeping on with it, looking for evidence that like corroborates that story, but it's really a story. Right. As you're talking, like, I think back to third grade on Valentine's Day. And this is back in the day where we actually exchanged those little Valentines. And you would have the envelope on your desk. And then you would go to lunch and you would come back and see how many Valentines were actually in the envelope. And I I have to say, I was not the most popular kid in school. So that was like, and that could have been a chironic experience in terms of like, why do I only have X and those other people have? Right. Like, am I love why aren't I loved all of that so I it's so interesting that it's happening around the day of love and it's really forcing us to look at how we love and what is our experience of love and what those wounds are yeah Yeah. and 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 it you know at the bottom line I always think too is like not even like how we claim our capacity to love others but really Mm. integrally like claiming your capacity to love yourself and that you are rich and worth all the love and embrace that you can shower upon yourself and claiming that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And fighting Um, (laughs) for that because it's an Aries. You love that? Yeah, yeah, fighting for that, right? Fighting for yourself and for your value. And I also really like that you're bringing up the aspect of money because I think we forget about that relationship sometimes with Venus and money. And maybe it's an opportunity to look at what are you investing your money in? You know, are you investing it in things that are compensating because you don't feel loved or you don't feel valued or whole? 
or are those, you know, are you really investing in things that you love and are worthwhile? Yes. That's great. So that's going to be interesting. And I'm sure a few buttons are going to get pushed, but all in the name of transformation. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. So while we're talking about Venus, um, let's also talk about towards the end of the month, the last week of the month, we've also got something going on. We have a Venus Pluto square. Now, just even as I say that, (laughs) Venus Pluto square, I start to get very, very nervous. Why? Why? Just because, you know, Venus, Venus, here's Venus, the goddess of love, and here's Pluto, the god of the underworld, you know? So I think that could be a little bit of a um, standoff. Yeah. I mean, it can be really intense. I mean, it's like, it's about uncovering. It's about what's undercover, right? It's really when Venus connects to Pluto, those times of like, you know, no secrets allowed, like being really, really honest, like digging in and being like, you know, do you have jealousy? Do you Mm. have envy? Are you really calling for your value? You know, is your relationship really giving you the depth of what you need and what you want? And if you've been like, well, it's not, but but look at the weather so lovely. Like if you've been like turning a blind eye to that, like when Pluto comes to Venus, you know, those handful of times a year, it's like, uh huh. Pay attention to this. It'll be interesting to see what is uncovered, not only yeah. for us personally, but also on a universal front. And as you're talking about this, I think about the myth of Persephone. Yeah. You know, where where you know Hades, related to Pluto, the god of the underworld, you know, kidnaps Persephone and takes her down into the underworld. And of course, her her poor mother has to make a bargain with Zeus <laughs> to get her back again. But you know, we to, we could be kidnapped a little bit and mm. plunge down into that underworld. But again, the keyword transformation here is like once you go into the underworld, you know, and you meet your shadow and you look at it, then you rise up again. That's very Pluto transformation, death and rebirth with a whole new sense of being. Yeah. I like what you I mean, like everything you said. (laughs) But thinking about also that notion of like that kidnapping, right? Like Mm. where is that also maybe like what kind of buttons does that push for any of us that like this kidnapping or this abduction or this feeling of losing control, somebody like taking us someplace that we don't want, which may have actually been a lived experience for some people. Yes. And or maybe these, this fear that we sort of collectively have, right? And also just owning our power and owning our notion that, like, we can hold power for ourselves. Absolutely. I think that as you're talking, what comes to my mind is trauma. And yeah. trauma is such a big buzzword these days because I think we're realizing that collectively this so planet much. has a lot, a lot, a lot of trauma. Right. And what's so great is all the new modalities energetically and psychologically and physically and with brain chemistry that are coming forth to help us heal that individual and collective trauma. So, you know, again, keyword transformation here, but stuff may come up, but all with an eye of empowerment, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And the path to that part of the path, I should say, is just honesty. I right, yes. being honest with oneself and moving towards that. And mm-hmm. what, what do you need? Who do you need so that you can have that? You yeah, know, I like that. Being that. honest. 
being honest with yourself. Okay, so that's the Venus yeah, that's story. Just a little yeah. old Venus <laughs> just story. Just a little, little, little old me, right, little old Venus. That's right. right. It's, it's, an, it's, it's like not very like Valentine's, like bonbons and roses. Yes. It's like there's a lot of work there, I think, in I February think so. in terms of like that self-embrace. We'd be working the love. We'd be working it. This month. All right. So, you know, no, no so, vi- so divine podcast would be complete without talking about <laughs> what's happening with the, the new and full moon. And so we have a Leo full moon on February 8th. Um, enough said. Let's move on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wait, I mean, Leo wants to be once more. Wait to a be minute. Said wait a minute. That. I want you to talk about me. Like, wait, I want but the spotlight. I need some attention here. Um, I just think that, you know, Leo, I have Leo rising, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Leo, um, I think the full moon's happy in Leo, right? I mean, it's an opportunity to really look at, you know, your opportunities to shine. You know, are you getting them? It can be quite dramatic, I think, a Leo full moon. I also think it brings up those issues. Leo rules the heart. So here we are going back to, you know, love and the heart around your self-worth. And, you know, are you giving yourself enough attention? Yeah. Are you giving yourself enough attention or are you subjugating your will to the collective? Yes. Right. With the sun in Aquarius. I think there's that that balance, too. It's not it's both Mm. about like, okay, here I am and I want to shine, but I also want to shine and can't um, drown out with my light the group around me. So how do I stand for myself and the unique person I am also to make that unique contribution to a collective or yes. for a cause that I that speaks to my heart. Yes, that's perfect. Yes, of course, with the Aquarian energy. So it's the, you know, the individual gifts and talents mm. and expressions in service of the greater good, which to me is very age of Aquarius. Yeah. You know, so so I think that will be a fun moon. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Leo loves to celebrate. It does. You know, it's a little celebration then. But oh, can I say one more thing about it? Because yeah. I think about when you talked about the heart and then thinking about Aquarius, which rules um, the calves, very, very sort of poetic. The what? The ca- there are calves. Uh, oh, the calves are legs. The, the parts are physical, of our body. Right, right. right. They're, but also the bioenergetic <laughs> like system. Like what? Cows? What? No. <laughs> like the bioenergetic system and the nervous oh, system. Yeah. You know, so it almost makes me think too, like a really good exercise for that time might be like doing some like hands-on healing work mm. over your heart yes or maybe energy doing work energy work or getting crystals and putting them like yes. you do work with crystals just something like working with the vibrational modalities to help open your heart yes that's perfect that's the tip of the month i think that for just sure came to me like, like you're channeling no to get some energy work to bring in those yeah. aquarian crystals all around the heart heart chakra Good. That's maybe a little bit of a balance for the month of love, right? Yeah. All right. So (laughs) (laughs) we're just amusing ourselves. So, of course, we uh, end the month. Well, kind of. On the February 23rd, we have the Pisces new moon. Thoughts? Um, Thoughts, feelings, (laughs) reflections. So new moon, new beginnings, Mm -hmm. right? A whole new lunar cycle is beginning. In Pisces. So Pisces is everything that is everything. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. It's the collective and it's, it's the, the universalness of, you know, everything is woven as one. Yes. yes. So it's related to compassion and empathy and um, how we know things on a level that 
we deeply know, like in the invisible level. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's about soul and spirituality. So I think that, but on the other side of that, Pisces with its desire to merge and for transcendence also um, can do that by way of escape and addictions Mm -hmm. and just sort of like going into its own sense of fog. So Mm -hmm. I think that the opportunities for that time and that new moon are both like making an embrace of an opening for like soulfulness or being more compassionate Mm -hmm. or just, you know, being more trusting of like your connection to the universe. And if you have an addiction here or there that I mean which doesn't necessarily have to be to a drug right it could be to food or to Netflix or to shopping or <laughs> to who knows what I mean post I can share of my own like that <laughs> or to love or to love you know just to see like okay maybe that's a beautiful intention setting focus mm-hmm. for that new moon in Pisces yeah. like you know, sort of letting that go out to the sea, that connection. Literally to the sea. Literally. No, I love that. I think that's a really great way to hold that energy. Also, when I think about Pisces, I think about creativity and the imagination. And, you know, it might be a good time to just give your imagination free reign to explore. Mm. That could be a fun use of some of that new moon energy. And dream. And dream. And dream and dream and dream. And dream for the dreams. And get ready for Stephanie's dream book. (laughs) No, just. (laughs) All right. So we have to talk about something else that's happening this month. Last but not least, we have a Mercury retrograde. And the Mercury retrograde starts in what, Pisces and moves back to Aquarius? When? When is this retrograde, Stephanie? So it starts the 16th and it goes through March 9th. And for those of you who like to track zodiac degrees, uh, both for the theme that that brings up, as well as if you look to see where it goes and it's happening in your chart, it begins at 13 degrees Pisces and goes back to 20 degrees Aquarius. Okay. All right. So mostly in Pisces. So, and it's interesting. I like how this is sort of, I think, the first time that we did the podcast where we looked back mm-hmm. and then we looked forward, which feels very Mercury retrograde, like the value of looking back when Mercury is retrograde to see like what jewels are back there. Like if I can look at things related to communication from a different perspective and go back over recent, especially past um, iterations of communication or messaging or conversations, what do I see? That I might have missed the first time. I think that's the beautiful thing about Mercury Retrograde. Yeah, I really love that. Also because this Mercury Retrograde is predominantly in the sign of Pisces, it's going to bring up feelings and emotions. And so that's going to be all part of the mix as well. And so maybe there's an invitation, as you like to say, to really allow whatever feelings and emotions to come up and reflect on them. Don't feel like you immediately have to be trigger happy emotionally and act on them to really have a be mindful about what's ever coming up and feel them and look at them and reflect. And then when the retrograde is over, then you're going to have probably have a lot more clarity and know more about what you want to do with that. Yeah, such a good point and such a good way of orienting is through those feelings. Yeah. I always think that like Mercury and Pisces on some level feels a little bit like first cousins to Mercury <laughs> retrograde. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's also that like, you know, <laughs> You know, other things could be, too, like, you know, looking at how your 
you know, focusing on your imagination, Mm. focusing on honing your intuition, you know, might be another good time for like focusing on your dreams. But I also think too, with like Pisces and its potential for either escapist tendencies or sometimes Mm -hmm. to play the victim. I am familiar with that. (laughs) Or play the (laughs) martyr, you know, to watch if you have any of those tendencies where your speech you know, mm. the way you communicate, like, takes you out of the game or it lets you be the master of the blame game. Ah. So just to sort of get clues maybe during that period, if, you know, that sort of aligns with your chart, aligns with you, like, that it might give you more insights on that. I would say reflect, don't deflect, Ooh. right? Ooh. Yeah, I just made, that, I just made that up right now. Yeah. Wonderful. I think that's a great perspective for the Mercury retrograde this month. One last thing. Yes, Can she's I share? raising her hand. Yes, is um, and I know I feel like a broken record because I say <laughs> this each time, but right when the planet, the days around the planet going retrograde, so around the sixteenth on either side, and then when it's over, so on the 9th of March and around a couple of days on either side when Mercury's stationing. There's a lot of mercury. There's a lot of news. There's a lot of information. You know, you might feel like things are just sort of coming at you, especially that that first February day, too, when it's like things are coming at me, but they're so unclear and they're so vaporized because it's Pisces. You just go slow. Mm-hmm. You take siestas. You take time <laughs> times out. You don't like feel like you have to like deal with your email inbox all at one mm. time. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. I like that. I think that's perfect. Perfect, perfect. Permission not to look at your email every every hour yeah. or so. Permission to pace. Permission to pace. Really? I love alliterations. I, I know. We're them. kind of we're on a roll here. So let's talk about, let's bring this full circle and talk about the tarot card for the month. And what is it, my dear? I thought with all of the wonderful Venus energy that's happening this month that we would talk about the Empress card. And the Empress card is ruled by Venus. So the Empress card has a lot to do with very Venetian kind of things. It's about love and pleasure and enjoyment and relationships. And, you know, in a lot of decks, the Empress is actually shown and she's like lounging on this chase lounge and, you know, among the flora and fauna. It's almost like, pill me a grape, please. It's like, so I love that. (laughs) One of the things about the Empress card is like really to give yourself permission to enjoy. You know, I think we forget about that, especially as we are so busy all the time and take pleasure in life. And the Empress card also, she's not, you know, in the deck, she's shown as not a maiden. She's like a more mature woman. And so there's a lot of wisdom that comes with the Empress, wisdom about love and about matters of the heart. And when I look at the Empress, she's ruled by Venus, which rules both uh, Libra and Taurus. I always think about that balance aspect. Like, you know, are you giving as much as you're receiving? Are you receiving in equal balance proportion with what you're giving? And so finding that harmony and those balances around how you give and receive love. And then, of course, when we talk about Venus, we can pull in the Taurus. And to me, that's very Venetian from an Aphrodite kind of 
sense, you know, where it's sensuality and it's the body and it's, it's the pleasure of the five senses. You know, I think about what would be a perfect empress uh, day would be to uh, throw a dinner party with all your favorite foods and cook them and, and put a lot of love and enjoyment into preparing this meal for your friends and family, and then just really enjoying the five five physical senses and the heart openings with your friends all around you. That feels very Empress-like. So I think she was a, she's a good fit for this month. Yeah, really nice. <laughs> Is there any, like, not downside, but shadow side to the Empress? You know, there's certain cards of the Tarot that are just so positive. You know, mm. I hate to do positive and negative. Yeah, yeah. If there was a shadow to the empress, it would probably be, you know, in some ways the empress does represent, she's the earth mother of the deck, is it can bring up relationships with your mother, right? Yeah. And like, what was your mother? Was she a loving mother? Was she a critical mother? I would say looking at, are you using your love in a controlling way? And, you know, the empress maybe was your role model, you know, and to look at that relationship with your mom. You know, and that's not shadowy, but that's yeah. maybe digging a little yeah. bit deeper is to look at how do you use your love? How do you wield your love? You know, are you doing it in a controlling way or in a loving way? Mm. Yeah, good question. Oh, I love a month where the empress is, yes, our, yes. is our card and our guide. Yes, we should post a picture of us laying on chaste lounge <laughs> eating bonbons. <laughs> and be at that with people peeling grapes for us. Yes, that would be so perfect. Um, so we have some So Divine news. Yes, we do. Do you want to share? You know, you go ahead and share. Okay. <laughs> so we have two pieces of news. So the first is we added a new feature to our website, which is that you can cast your astrology chart um, for free. So you just need, now, of course, when you know when you do your astrology chart, it's really important to have your exact birth time, mm -hmm. and it's worth the time that it takes to hunt it down. So you go to sodivine.us, and on the top it says Astro Charts. Just I think that's what it says. My astrology. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot what it says. Sorry I think it about says that. charts. Chart. Um, and click on that, and then you just enter your information. And it will cast a chart for you, and it will show you your planetary positionings, as well as some other really cool feature, cool information. So And it's free. And it's free. I think this is so awesome that Me we're too. doing that. So I love that. And then our other big news is starting in February, due to popular demand. In March. In March. That's right. This is February. Next month. Yeah, exactly. Next month. <laughs> Later. Due to popular Later. demand, we are launching a second So Divine podcast. And so many of you have said that you want more. And so we'll continue to do our Tarot and Astrology podcast at the beginning of the month. And then we will post a second podcast around mid-month. And it's called So Divine conversations. And Stephanie and I will uh, pick a theme and we'll talk about it and we'll interview guests and it'll just be a really fun and juicy conversation. So stay tuned for more about that. We're super excited. Super excited. So 
Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. Happy February. Happy V-Day. Thank you for being in my life. I value you. I value you so much as well. Thank you to all of our listeners. Yeah, and be in touch. Like, write us at the website, sodivine.us, and just give us feedback. Like, let us know your experiences with the things that we shared, what's going on for you astrologically, like the insights that you um, get or questions that you have. Also, in terms of gratitude and valuing people, we want to thank our producers, Nick Patri and Sebastiano Tecchio, as well as Cloud Studios here in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle, Washington, where we record our podcast. So until next month, um, have a great February. Let the Empress guide you. Let's hear it for Venus. And we'll see you soon. See you soon.